The Best Book Bits podcast brings you Gilligam, author of the book, 52 Weeks, 52 Ideas for Scaling the Mountain of Career Success. Gilla, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. It is my first podcast. Yeah, awesome. That's fantastic. You just told me offline that your first name means joy. Is that correct? That is correct in Hebrew. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a joyous podcast. For my audience that don't know you, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Take us back to your early years. Sort of where did you study? Where did you go to school? And sort of how did it all unfold after that? So I grew up in Israel, which was, you know, a new country, relatively speaking. And it was a sense of possibilities. Anything and everything seemed possible. I've always been very idealistic. And I always saw myself as a teacher, believing the change would come from the next generation. So I went to school and got a degree in English literature because I love reading, I love writing. And I also knew that that would be a subject that students might be interested in learning. So I would get the attention in class. I was a high school teacher for 10 years. And I really love the interactions with students and helping them achieve career uh, academic goals. And then I had the opportunity to move to the US, to California, and I thought, okay, teaching English here would not be as advantageous as English as a second language in Israel. What could I do next? And I thought, well, I always loved helping students achieve academic goals. So counseling psychology could be a career path for me. So I got a master's degree here in California in counseling psychology. And I thought I wanted to go into therapy. But in California, you need 3000 hours to get the license to practice. And as I started doing the work, I had an aha moment that this was not my calling because therapy It's not just about setting and achieving goals. You have to be with clients where they are, and it's more of a dance. It's progress, and then you go backward. And I felt I didn't really have the patience to be there with the pain and the suffering. So it was time to think again, okay, what now? So human resources became a viable idea because, again, it is helping organizations set business objectives and goals, and then translating those into people goals and working with teams and employees to achieve those goals. And it was a very good fit. And I really loved that work, human resources. Through my time in corporate America, it became obvious that there was something about the work and the way I worked with people on professional development plans something about goal setting and achievement and people who were no longer working with me kept contacting me hey just to pick your brain just a quick question just to get your thought so that led me to think about career coaching so i got a certificate to do life and career coaching and i started doing that as a side hassle kind of didn't have the faith that it would be a sustainable business venture. I was too chicken to quit my job. So I started doing that in 2013. But in 2016, I felt that I had enough evidence in market that this could be a lucrative career. So I quit corporate America and I've been doing executive and career coaching 
ever since. And through my work with clients and experience with students and corporate America, if you ask me, you know, in a nutshell, what do I do? I help people set and achieve goals. And that led me to thinking about this book. What about the work, my experience, my story, the stories of people I work with? Um, can I contribute to people working to achieve goals? And that's how this book was born. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you for sort of breaking that down. And just to, to recap, sort of 15 odd years in the executive suite and sort of HR development and things like that. And then you founded Choiceful Path Coaching back in 2013 and been doing that for, I think, nine years or so. And then how did that sort of evolve into your first book, which is 52 Weeks, 52 Ideas for Scaling the Mountain of Career Success. I've read the book. It's an amazing book, very similar to my book, Success in 50 Steps, in terms of how you structured it and uh, really, really good. So talk about the idea of how the book came about. I am a words person and a story person. So through my work, I started thinking about the things that I know motivated myself, motivated my clients, and things started to form for me. And I started writing down snippets of, you know, thoughts, ideas, motivational ideas, inspiration, and started thinking about how can I help people who may not want to engage with a coach, but to have information out there, how to think about goals, how to set them and achieve them, and mostly the process, because I think we are all very good about setting goals. We do that every year, the beginning of a year, we have the new year resolution, but what's missing for all of us, especially with the big, hairy, audacious goals is the staying powers. How do we keep committed to actually achieving our goals? So that's how the book came about. In the Jewish tradition, there is the idea, and also in Christian and other traditions, the idea of daily reading, something that you read every day and it keeps inspiring you and getting you motivated along the way. So that was kind of the structure I thought for my book is to really split it into the four quarters that we are also used to in corporate America. We have Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And then for every week to have a writing piece to keep people motivated, but also setting the stage with an introduction, talking a little bit about the emotions that we experience as we try and achieve goals, because there are distinct phases uh, and I actually got to think about it through hiking because I'm a, an avid hiker. I love hiking and doing the tricks. And I know that when you go through hikes, you go through these five emotional stages. Um, when you have to show up and you're all full of, full of excitement, so that's like setting a goal. You see the possibilities and it's all about excitement. And then stage two is when you start the hike and it's like, oh, it's an uphill. So you still feel inspired. You see the challenges, but it's like, yeah, I can do it. And then it's get, it gets tough and tougher. So you really have to embrace the grind, but you have a little bit of doubt. And this is when people can give up. So we need to keep that motivation. And then we have stage four. You can see the end. You know it's the last push to the top. So you are re-energized. And then there's the last phase. You see the top or you're at the mountaintop. 
and you can celebrate your success. So setting the tone for goal achievement in the emotional context and then giving the weekly motivation was the structure I had in mind for the book. And then it was just a question of coming up with all of the little weekly motivational uh, pieces to put it all together. That's awesome. That's a, uh, what you just said then was enough for the podcast. We could probably wrap it just there and put quotes on posters at Instagram. So just to recap, poster of a mountain. And then number one, it's uh, excitement on walking up to the mountain to hike. And then going up the uphill battle, you're going great. It's just starting and then it gets tough. A couple of detours, you got to get a bit of doubt in there and grind as well. And then you can see the see the end, which is number four. So see the end and you push a little bit further and knowing at number five, you're on top of the mountain as well. So yeah, thank you for breaking that down. That, that was really cool. Yeah, let's get stuck in the book and deep dive into it. So I'll give people a bit of an intro into the book and how you sort of started out, which is great. We all know there's 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. You break it down into 4.3 weeks in a month, which is 13 weeks in a quarter. So I like how you broke it down into four quarters and 52 weeks. And we know there's plenty of time to achieve our goals. And if we don't achieve our goals this year, we can always achieve the goals the year after as well. But what you talk about, you say, as as soon as we commit to a goal, the countdown to complete begins. To My own goals is to manage my time. And your grandmother used to say, manage your time, your work, and yourself and success will take care of itself. That's a really cool quote. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Definitely. My grandma was a very strong woman and she did not believe in idle hands. She always believed that, and especially as women, we have to be strong. We have to have a purpose to know where we're going and to set goals and always, always try to grow into the best version of ourselves. So it's about the work and the journey. The goal is important, but it is a means to an end in a way that it's not about the outcome. It's about the understanding that through that goal you're working towards, you're going to become the best version of yourself. Now, as you do the work, it doesn't mean that every day you're going to be the best version of yourself because there are going to be tough days. But you are going to commit to every day, you're going to do your best, your best for that day. And that was something that she talked to us grandkids and uh, 17 of us um, constantly pushing us. Um, She, you know, her family survived the Holocaust. So that the idea of surviving of our purpose in life, we need to be a member of a community, need to be contributing member of community. And that starts with the self-work to really, really have a purpose and then set goals to deliver on that purpose. And the essence of that is the work. It's the daily work that you do. You wake up in the morning and you are clear on what you need to do today to grow into the best version of yourself even if today is not necessarily the best day of your life but you're gonna do your best yeah awesome some of the notes i got from that was it you know through doing we become and it's only through doing that that we find ourselves and that we become so yeah thank you for sharing that reminds me a little bit about i interviewed richard kosh recently who was the author of the book the 80 20 rule and he broke it down a little he said look take 24 hours in a day and what's what's 20% of those hours 
is really what you're going to do the real work. So we sort of broke it down into five hours out of the day. So those five hours in a day, if you can actually smash out, you know, quality five hours of a day, that's going to lead to sort of 80% of your success. But getting back to your particular book, you sort of break it down into in three particular states, which we'll get into. Number one, you talk about set a big, hairy, audacious goal. Number two, identify the areas you need to focus on. And then three, create a one year roadmap to finding flexible milestones. So is that the sort of the first things you do when you work with new clients in your coaching and career consulting as well? Definitely. The whole coaching relationship is about setting a goal. Um, it's not about let's, you know, just talk about ideas and philosophies and approach. This comes into the coaching conversation, but we start with something a client would like to achieve. And again, in my field, it has to be career related. Uh, so that, that's my expertise, that's my specialty. So anything about your work life that you want to work towards. Yeah, and you talk about a, a little bit, instead of just thinking, what is that one big goal that you want to achieve? You sort of break it down into, consider this, what is your work life that's got to be, but more or less on the job, what skills do you need to develop? So you, I like how you break it down into skills. So if we break your goal down, okay, yeah, you want to achieve X, Y, and Z, but what skills do you need to develop and what behaviors and habits will you need to change? So not what behaviors do you need to develop, but what ones are, are stopping you from moving forward to that, that next thing? Can you expand on that a little bit? Behaviors, habits, and skills. Yeah, definitely. It, it really has to do, and that's maybe to circle back to the wonderful uh, quote about the 80, 20, that everything has to be about intentionality. So even you end up having the five hours a day to do the real work, my philosophy is that every day, everything we do has to have that intentionality of why we do it and how we do it and how we want to show up. And that has to align with our goal. And our goal is in the context of a bigger picture of our purpose, of what we believe we are here to contribute to the community in which we live, to the world, whatever we are here to deliver on. And then that translates into, if that is the context, the purpose of, of my work, and I'm gonna spend so much time doing that work, uh, 40 hours a week at a minimum, um, then how do I deliver? And to deliver on that, we need the skill set in service of the work. So really being honest of the skill set that's needed and where we are along the spectrum, right? Because skills are fluid and we can enhance them and grow them and build them. And at different stages, we might need to pull different skills to deliver uh, on the purpose and to continue along our work to the goal. Yeah, thanks for breaking that down. Yeah, and it's, it's very easy to set a goal. It's very easy to set intentions. But the next step you talk about is getting focused and not just getting focused, but staying focused with those, you know, break down to quarterly objectives and then breaking down that into 13 weeks per quarter and then staying focused. And then after that, it's following the plan and not just following the plan, but sticking to the plan as well. That's that's the hardest part of the journey. Do you, do you find with most of your clients that obviously setting goals is easy, 
but staying focused and staying on the track and following the path is some of the hardest things that, or why there's important to work with a coach, a consultant, or someone to keep you accountable. Do you find that in your experience with coaching and consulting? Definitely. My own personal experience as well, setting goals. But, you know, sometimes it's not about doing the work. Sometimes we also, it's a self-discovery. My own personal example that I thought I wanted to be a therapist. And as you start doing the work, you learn things about yourself. So then you understand my goal was to become a therapist, but it was within a context of purpose, helping people achieve goals. So this goal may not be the right one for me based on what I've learned. So I'm still sticking to a plan. I'm still sticking to the purpose, but I may need to adjust the goal. And working with a coach to have the staying powers to do the work, but also get the insights and the understanding of what we are seeing, what's working, what's not working, and how to adapt and adjust so that we keep true to that overall arching purpose of what we are here to do and deliver yeah and i think this is one of the reasons why i do coaching and consulting privately myself and i have been doing it for a number of years and working with different clients ceos you know sales professionals business owners and authors as well the reason why you need a coach is you can't see the label when you're inside the box that's number one but number two is you need that you need that feedback and you need that person that accountability coach to keep talking about the original purpose on why you're doing it when you're on the climb or on the grind you're really you know you're so focused and you and you you're so stuck in the mud sometimes you need someone to say hey just keep focused keep looking ahead moving upwards and forwards one step at a time one breath at a time as you know i like the hiking analogy you know just keep moving and, and you're going to get there as well just to recap before we jump into some of the stages so we've already spoke a little bit about the five stages of goal achievement uh, which is once you define a new goal to pursue and create a roadmap for attainment that's showing up so that's number one you talk about first steps taking those first steps and then embracing the grind knowing that yeah it's gonna it's gonna take time a grind is gonna take time and then continuing to completion and then celebrating success as well let's talk about number one which you talk about stage one which is showing up at the trailhead let's deep dive into that can you talk a little bit about how it starts in the book with showing up at the trailhead really showing up sometimes it's just giving yourself permission to go after what you want. Uh, and that is critical because for some of us, that is not a given that, yes, we, we could or should even go after what we want because we tend to think about all the shoulds and musts and obligations and things that we have to do and, and we may not prioritize our real needs and wants. So I think showing up has a lot to do with that permission to go after something we want. This yearning we have within to do something. Yeah, I like how you said that a lot of people don't have that permission to even start. So we need to sort of think about, yeah, just because we might have permission, others, others don't too. I like you to jam a little bit about your talk in the book about year goals. So a year goal is something that you're yearning to do energized by, able to achieve and, and hyped about. Can you expand on that a little bit? Year goals. Year goals. Again, it comes from that positivity because sometimes when we, you know, 
think about a goal, we automatically start with all the doubts. And speaking about permission, if we share the goal, sometimes all the naysayers who love us deeply, but they care and worry about us, they will come up with all of the things why this may not be the best goal. Oh, to run a marathon? That's impossible. Or you want a career promotion to what role? Oh, that's going to be tough. So the yay goal is really giving yourself that, that permission and a structure around how you go about thinking in a positive way to declare what you want, to understand that yearning, and then put the steps, the plan, to go after it and achieve it. And to know that it is possible if you really want it, then there's a will, there's a way, right? I like how you broke that down as well. And uh, I think a lot of people set goals that they, let's say they want money, a car, a house, fancy things, this, that, but that, that might not be the goals that they're really yearning for or they're energized by. They might think that that is the external source of happiness or, or gratification. But once they realize they might spend years on having the ladder facing the wrong wall and climbing that ladder. Let's take career success, by the way. A lot of people think, oh, climbing the ladder, the career ladder and getting the position at management level or executive suite level. And then they realize, hey, I'm not energized by it. I'm not hyped about it anymore. It's not something that I really yearned, wanted to do. And I, I thought that was gonna bring me happiness, but really it was just a bit of pot of hard work, sadness, grind, loss of a marriage or, or whatever it is. So yeah, I like how you set that up as well. I love it. It's so true because that is the, that is the crux of the matter. Is it going to energize you or de-energize you? And a lot of times people set the ladder against, against the wrong wall and you climb it and then you realize, well, that's not what I expected. And I actually see it a lot in the context of, you know, people who think career advancement, there's only one way I need to be a people manager. I need to have that fancy title. And then they work towards it and they get it. And then it's like, Gila, it sucks. I, I don't have the patience to deal with people and their problems. I'd much rather be an individual contributor. And there is a path for that too. You can be, you know, a technical guru. You don't have to be a people manager. So it's so right. It, it, it is about the things that would energize you and make you that, you know, 20% uh, would be really what you want. Because on any job, you're gonna have the things that you don't like and some of the compromises you, you, you need to make. but having that clarity of what really drives you and what really energizes you. Yeah, I think it's super important as well. Diving into your you list, a list of 13 topics, I'll just talk about some of them now. And then if you want to rift on some of them, that'd be great. You talk about new possibilities, you know, tuning into your values, finding meaning, and defining success. Is there any of those you want to talk uh, deeply about? The one thing that I think our generation uh, has and it's it's a wonderful thing because I don't think it was true for my parents is the idea of new possibilities. I was um, raised by parents who grew into a world of scarcity. You had to fight for everything. My father was a refugee, a Jewish refugee, refugee escaping Russia. Uh, after World War II. My mother, again, a third generation to the Holocaust, there was that idea of scarcity, of hardship. Um, what 
they wanted and happiness and possibilities that those were not concepts that were top of mind for them it was just we need to make a living we need to meet all of the shoots to raise a family so i feel so grateful and so privileged that i can think about new possibilities and that is a concept that i'm so happy i see with my children and my clients and and what we have nowadays yeah we have a ways to go um there's still so many problems in the world but i do see all of the possibilities ahead so this is really a concept that i try to instill for myself my children my clients is seeing the possibilities even when there are challenges so that is one concept i i also like the go ahead you had a question and the idea of success is also very important because you you said it before the idea that there are these external measurements in our society of what is success it it can be the size of your house the brand of your car your annual income but that may not resonate or be true at the core for what we want and who we are so the idea that we again the idea of permission to give ourselves permission to say well what i need to to be energized to feel happy and satisfied is different than my level of income so the idea that every person it is our duty to define for ourselves what success means and be at peace with that because whatever goal we set whatever decisions we make it 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 means compromise you're going to get more of of some things you want but that means giving up on some things that you're going to have less of so it's all about the values and how they come together in the way you find the right balance for you which will always be be different than other people in your life yeah what are some of the takeaways i got from that and thank you for explaining that what success means to you and compromising and and values and balance and i think we all i'm going through the same thing i mean people ask me why did i why did i read so many books over the years and and just create the world's largest free book summary website and not make money from it. and i was like well it's got nothing to do with money and people confusing action with money and i think that's if people don't understand why people do things and it's not for money we don't own money people think you know you don't own a job you you don't yeah people if you work at a job and you're not the the business owner you have a job you don't own the job you don't own the title you don't own cars you don't own money these things start owning you and when you start confusing your identity with external things you're actually losing track of the internal things which is your core values and i think getting into that space of okay what is my core values what do i want to be remembered for at my funeral like who am i as an individual and at the end of the day if you're on your deathbed looking back you're not going to be thinking about the cars or the money you're going to be thinking about the family your history what you did did you live to your highest potential as well so yeah these these things are sort of running through my mind when you were talking about balancing you know values and balancing things like that as well and contribution may i just add you triggered a thought for me 
about the contribution. And, and if I'm honest, I have to say, even in my own personal journey, uh, journey, when I left corporate America, I was highly driven to prove to all the naysayers, even my parents who love me very much, but for them, the idea that you live a steady, stable job with a nice paycheck to do your own thing, they couldn't comprehend that choice. So I was really driven by, I need to make money because then I proved to my parents and everyone that I'm good, that I make this level of income because I did give up the nice salary of, you know, heading HR. Um, so with that, my choice of clients was I'm going to do executive coaching and that's where the money is. But then the pandemic happened and there were millions of people unemployed and they started contacting me and I had to make a choice because when people contact me desperate for tools and strategies to find jobs at a time that the world is falling apart, what is my responsibility? What would be my contribution? And even accepting clients who could not even pay the minimum fee uh, so I had to rethink my role and my purpose and my fee structure to really ask, okay, I have this skill set and do I continue to be part of the problem that only the privileged, only the people who have money and can afford it will benefit from it? Or do I change my definition of success and to say my definition of success now is to provide help where needed to those clients who are willing to do the work in a very, very tough uh, environment. Um, so for me, that completely changed everything in the way I do my work. And that's why I say I'm no longer an executive coach. I'm an executive and career coach. And I do accept clients at every level, students, and entry level and all the way up to executive uh, coaching. Yes, thank you for sharing. And it's funny you said that. I've released a video yesterday, like a personal quick little three-minute video on YouTube and said, hey, I'm opening up my private coaching and consulting to the public and I'm doing a, a mastermind and multiple groups and I don't just want to work with authors, CEOs, you know, you know, people from the high end. I actually want to work with, you know, people that, that want to be an author or people that want to be an entrepreneur or want to be a business owner or want to be this or someone that just wants to be something i want to work with them too so I, i've actually gone through the same uh, little scenario on dropping dropping my fee and saying hey what what can i help can i add value to your life as well we, we've got knowledge we've got a skill set and we want to serve the world so if our if our inner values are about contribution and are about you know our gift let's give that gift to to more people so thank you for sharing that it's also for myself, because when you work with a certain segment of the population, let's say executives, you get a very skewed picture of reality. You work with a highly privileged, highly paid people. When you open up your practice, and yes, it is about sharing your gift with a wider range of people, but then it is also a gift to myself because you learn so much, all of a sudden, myself, I started getting a more balanced picture of reality of the different stages and the different people and the different struggles. So I can say that it's not just about me contributing, about me 
doing something for others. I think it is very rewarding for me and it, and it has helped me grow in unbelievable ways. Just that exposure to people at different stages in their life and career. Yeah, same with me. I've had some interesting experiences recently working with a CEO of an energy company and his goal was to get on two more executive boards. And then after that call, I'll jump on to someone who just wants to make a couple of thousand dollars or lose a couple of kilos or, you know, right, like, you know, from the, from one spectrum to the, to the other. And it's, it's actually quite humbling to know that there's, there are different steps on the, on the, on the way to life. And, you know, just cause you're at step 36, you don't have to worry about step number 60. And some people are only on step number 18. And I talk about the years in life, as you know, the older you get, the, the more your goals change because not only your values change, but what you were chasing in your 20s is not what you're chasing in your 50s. And then when you're in your 70s, it's definitely what you're chasing in your 20s. It's just poles apart. Yeah, but moving on a little bit, in, in the book, you talk about some fantastic things like dancing with fear. What's your experience with working with clients and, and sort of some of the roadblocks or hurdles they have in terms of their internal mental state with fear, holding them back to get to that next rung on the ladder? Can you talk a little bit about your experience with dancing with fear? That is a big one. And this is really the biggest hurdle. When we encounter physical obstacles, sometimes it is what it is. You see it and you find ways around it. But those negative scripts in our heads, the fears that we have, um, those are tough to challenge. First of all, we need awareness to know this is a negative strip script that sometimes you know we spend years believing that something is impossible for us because someone told us when we were young that oh you're not you're not gonna ever be an athlete or oh you're not good at math or all kinds of stuff that we kind of heard and internalized and fears about possibilities of success and what if i fail so a big part of goal achievement is learning to identify those fears and see them for what they are. And then I'm not saying ignore them because fear is good. It let us know what we need to watch out for. But learn to kind of dance with the fear to say, oh, I see you. Thank you for pointing out where I need to watch out. But now let's kind of try and find a way to get into a good rhythm so that I can overcome that fear and find ways to see progress. And it can be a tiny step forward, but knowing that it is possible, and as I said, it goes back to the idea of possibilities, that the fear might be real, but the possibilities are there as well, and they're very real. And my job is to find a way and a path forward beyond the fear and into possibilities. Yeah, like well, okay, I said that. And I'll use an analogy that I just thought about then with fear. So let's say fear was a tree, okay? And we define fear as an object, an external object blocking our, our path. And let's say that tree is in the middle of the road. You're going forward, all of a sudden you're coming to this tree. Now you can go around it, yes, but we need to start, there's multiple ways you can obviously remove the tree. You can start hacking from it, which is taking small progress every day on you know, removing that fear. 
You could knock it down. Let's say public speaking. People got a fear of public speaking. Well, the easiest way to make progress would be to go Toastmasters or start to speak to small groups, start learning, understanding TED Talks, researching books, and that's very small progress. But let's say you you were forced and pushed on stage with a thousand people there and you had to talk for 40 minutes and had to talk not what was in your head, but what was in your heart. And you just let yourself go. You walked off stage and all of a sudden, as you said, that, that emotional at the end of climbing the mountain, that elation that you've got, essentially that tree would be gone because you would have overcome your fear by one massive, big, audacious action. So there's multiple ways you can sort of, what I'm getting at, multiple ways you can dance with fear or you can chip away at the tree of fear with a little bit of daily progress. I don't know. That's just a, yeah, it's a thought that came to my mind. Another thing I want to add about fear is that the idea that, you know, in dance, you have a dance partner. And it is also sometimes with fear, we don't have to go at it alone. I talk in the book about, you know, finding your support crew. It is okay to acknowledge vulnerability. And I can give you a personal uh, example. I have vertigo. So sometimes when I'm you know, at the top of the mountain and I look down and the whole world is spinning out of control. I feel that I'm in a merry-go-round. So everyone hiking with me knows that this is a possibility that it can happen. And me, the big, strong woman who leads the hike, all of a sudden, I'm very vulnerable. And what I do until it passes, I would actually hang on to someone's backpack look down and let them take me down the mountain until the vertigo is over. So part of the process when you have goals and you have real or imaginary fears and you have challenges and you are vulnerable, it is okay to reach out to help and say, I need you to help me cross that bridge. Yeah, I, isn't it strange that you know people have everything you need and at the end of the day, you know, everyone's fear is someone else's lifestyle. So getting back to public speaking, someone's lifestyle is to get on stage every day and speak and love it. And then someone's fear is like worse than death. You know, they say public speaking, people would rather die than, than get on stage. But your fear is someone's lifestyle, but also your goal is someone else's daily lifestyle as well, which is quite strange. Now, more about yourself, where they can buy the book, and if they're interested in sort of career coaching and consulting with yourself, where, where can they sort of reach out to you personally? Thank you. So my website is www.choiceforpath.com, and it's the idea of we all have choices, and our path is full of choices, so choice for path. The book is available on Amazon, both on Kindle and as a hard copy. And yeah, check me out and always love accepting new clients. If you wouldn't mind telling people where they can find, thank you for being a fantastic guest. And yeah, sorry, um, running out of time. We'll wrap it up there and we'll get you back on for another episode too to expand more about the book. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. No stress. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Yeah. Bye-bye.